0: Uh, we're going to talk about the greatest today. Say the greatest. Say again. Say the greatest. Great. Amen. I know. I know it's hard. I know you. We're trying to wake up. I just want to. I know that you're. You're. You're with me. And again, it's found in Matthew chapter 22, uh, and we're going to start in verse. Verse 35, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly hearing about who the greatest is. Whether it's in sports, there's debate on who the best, the greatest basketball player is. Or whether it's in in football or uh, whether it's in in different uh, arenas in life. uh, We talk about what the greatest is. I was uh, speaking to a bunch of teenagers this week and, um, you know, one... (laughs) I was at, talking about this topic, about the greatest, and one of the things I asked him was, you know, which one was the greatest song, or which one is the greatest video game, and they were going crazy about those things, and I know Brian likes to play video games a lot, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll find out from you, <laughs> the other, that's the other Brian, my bad, my bad, but what is the, what is the greatest, because we, we hear about, oh, this is the best song, the best movie, you know, the, the new Avengers movie's coming out, and that's going to be the greatest movie uh, over the weekend. We want to be a part of kind of the greatest thing. People often ask me, you know, if you could be a superhero, who would you want to be? Well, I want to be like the greatest one, the, the one that's most, most powerful. Today we're talking about the greatest from the mouth of Jesus, say Jesus. What does Jesus say is the greatest? Do you think that's important? I think so, and I want to dive into it today. And so a man comes up to Jesus, and here's how it begins. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him, meaning Jesus, with this question. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. And I want to start off by saying this. You and I in every area of our life, at some point, you and I will be tested. We're always going to be tested, whether it's we're tested through temptations or tested through trials in life, but we're going to be tested. Um, I don't know about you, but um, every once in a while, my my uh, emotions get tested. I uh, speaking of video games, I'm not very good at video games. Praise God, and I try to steer clear uh, of them because when I was younger, I played too many video games, and um, so uh, wanted to do something a little bit better with my time. But every once in a while, I'll play with Daniel this one kind of this one game. It's like a soccer with cars game. If you're interested in that, you can talk to me later. But anyway, it's kind of fun, right? It's called Rocket League, and so we play it. The problem is that if we play 10 times, I might have a close game once, (laughs) but he'll beat me like 9 out of 10, and, and honestly, more realistically, it's more like I might win like 1 out of every 30 matches, and it drives me crazy. And again, there's two things that happen. First of all is... I don't take the time to learn how to play well. I don't, I don't have time to, like, do the demos and stuff like that. So I don't want to do that. I just want to play. So Daniel tells me, Daddy, you got to train. you got to, you know, that's how I got good. And I'm like, no, no, I just want to play. But then every time he destroys me, something starts happening inside of me cuz I, I don't want you know i'm daddy i want to win from time to time for goodness sake and so he destroys me every time so i am t- every time i sit down and play rocket league it's like a it's like a spiritual moment i'm like jesus please help me cuz i know my emotions are going to get rattled up and I, I don't i can't explain this to you like i'm i'm pretty peaceful but when it comes with that stinking game every time he destroys me i just like oh. and, and daniel very happy of course cuz he just destroyed me he'll say daddy Why do you get so mad? (laughs) Everyone will be tested, say tested. Now, I might not be with a video game. I know. Pray for your pastor. Okay. I mean, I'm 41 years old, right? At some point, I'll mature. But just pray for me. But everyone will be tested in some way. And Jesus was the same. Somebody came up to Jesus and tested him. In every area of life, you guys, God does not call us to live a life like this. It's perfect. There's no issues. No, no. There, there's always tests. The Bible says that when tests come, that's how we can improve. That's how we can improve, how we can grow when tests come. If we didn't have to take a test, we wouldn't wouldn't upgrade. We wouldn't go to the next level. I don't know about you, but when I was in class and I had to take math, I would not study unless there was a, unless what? Now, I know some of you, I know none of you are like that. You guys are all, you were just all super, you know, awesome students. But that's how I I was. Because when a test comes, it's when it proves what's really inside of you. So one of them, an expert in law, tested him with this question. And again, the first feeling is this. Everyone will be tested everyone will be tested we're talking about Easter today we talk about what Jesus went through Jesus the Christ the son of God he is Messiah he is Lord and he went through a test he went through a trial because everyone will be tested and the greatest victories in your life the greatest victories that you'll ever see usually will come through a test I shared with the teenagers my testimony, which you've heard before about losing Pastor Joanne, my late wife, some years ago. And I shared how during that moment, during that process, my faith was being tested. I didn't understand why these bad things were happening to us but God we've served you but God we've loved you God she was a good mom a good wife a good woman why is this happening everyone will be tested and in the middle of those tests is when God teaches us to go to the next level in the middle of trials is when we can see the hand of God and I still remember you've heard this story many times how one time I was I was just really struggling I went into the room that they had given me in the hospital God bless the folks at the Ronald McDonald house and I got in there and I was just screaming and crying out to God I was I hope that nobody's walking by because they're gonna hear groans. Because I was saying, God, why? What's going on? And in that moment, the test came. God was teaching me and showing me, and He said, "I want you to worship Me even in the middle of this situation." And I told Him, "God, I can't worship You right now. I am distraught. I'm losing her. Uh, At the time, I wasn't even sure about Sarah. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And so we were crying out to God. And in the middle of that test, I saw God. In the middle of that test, I remember the one song, I'm going to worship you forever. I'm going to worship you. God reminded me. Yes, there are trials in this world, but the end is not here. This is not our final destination. When we die or Jesus comes back, there is a place for us. God did not say you're going to live forever in this world. Everyone dies, as a famous man once said, but not everyone truly lives. Joanne lived a great life. She blessed many people. We were blessed to have her for as long as we had her, but she is now in her eternal home. This life is not our home. I was tested, and God showed me something through that test. Can I get an amen? Amen. Everyone will be tested. Here's the question that the man tested Jesus with. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Say the greatest. Which is the greatest commandment? Uh, Now, this guy probably was asking, okay, God, tell me the one thing that I need to know in order to, to, to be right with you. There's an uh, author of, uh, of many leadership books uh, named John Maxwell, and he says that in one of his conferences, someone asked him, John, what is the n- one thing that people need to know about being a leader? The one thing, if you can just give me one thing, and he's, his answer was great. He says, the one thing you need to know about leadership is there is more than one thing you need to know about leadership. <laughs> You can't just boil it down to one, and Jesus would agree with him, and you'll see that in a second. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And here's a couple of fill-ins. The question of the greatest is a question of priority. The question of the greatest is a question of priority. Say priority. Priority. What comes first? Priority. What is the, the top thing in my life? It's priority. In my life, here's my priority list, and, and this I had to learn this. I did not know this all the whole time. But here's my, my number one priority is my personal relationship with God. Not my church work, not my work as a pastor, but my personal relationship with God is number one. Say God. God is number one. My second priority is my relationship with my wife. That is my second priority. So first God, then my relationship with my wife. After my relationship with my wife is my relationship with my children. So it's God first, then my wife, then my kids, and after them comes what God's called me to do, the, the work that God's called me to do, the work here at the church. So here's what that means. It doesn't make any sense for me to work at the church and do all kinds of stuff, but neglect my kids or neglect my wife or neglect my personal relationship with God because my priorities are out of way. Can I get an Amen. So the question of the greatest is a question of priority, and that's what Jesus is addressing. The next thing I want to say is this. Life is too short to give yourself to anything less than the greatest. Life is too short to give yourself to anything less than the greatest. Listen, there are people that live for the bottle. There are people that live for sleeping around. There are people that live for video games. I know. I've been there. (laughs) I've been one of those kids. There are people who live for sports. That's one of the things I have to wrestle with, man. I, could, I love sports. I love watching baseball and basketball and football, hockey. Uh, it's, it, Puerto Ricans don't play hockey, so I'm sorry about that. But well, even golf, right? Uh, Tiger Woods played a couple weeks ago. That was super exciting. I love sports, but I have to be careful. If God is first and then my wife and then my kids and then my, my calling, other things have to be prioritized correctly. Say priority. Life is too short. For me to give myself the best of me to sports or to video games or to things that are destructive like drugs and alcohol or women or whatever it is. The greatest thing is what I want to give my life to. And I pray that you, you do also. Jesus replied. Here's the cool stuff. Jesus replied. Okay, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The greatest commandment has to do with love. <laughs> Who knew? Jesus said, okay, you want to know the, the, the main thing, the, the most important thing that you need to do in your life? The greatest commandment has to do with love. Say love. It's the most important thing. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. The greatest thing you can do is Love. And the greatest one you can love is God. That's the next film. The greatest thing you can do is love. And the greatest one that you can love is God. What the world needs now is love. Sweet love, right? And I will always love you. Yes. Nice, Carol. Beautiful. Well done, right? There's all kinds of, we, we sing about love. We, we talk about love and what that means. Jesus here is saying, listen, the greatest thing that you guys can give your lives to is love. It's love. It's not anger. It's not hatred. It's not winning. It's not money. It's not pleasure. It's love. Say Love. And specifically, Jesus says, don't just love anything. Don't just love all things equally. The greatest, the most important thing, the highest priority in your life and mine should be the Lord your God. So love the Lord your God. Say, love God. I've been preparing for this in these past few days and weeks, and and God's been challenging me. Where's my priority? Does God have my first love? I don't know about you, but when I when I uh, uh, fell in love with Amy, I was talking about her. I would go places and say, I met someone, and she's wonderful. And I would talk about her, and, and, and we would call each other on the phone, and we would FaceTime. We would spend time with each other. Why? Because there was love, and love... Uh, Causes you to, to sacrifice some things. I, I, I don't care how much time I spend on the phone with her. I don't care how much time I spent asking her questions about who she was and the, all the, the different things about her because I was in love. And she was asking me, right? And how cool is it when, when, when two people fall in love with each other? I, I, I joked around with the kids uh, this past week. You know, it, it's not a good strategy if you're falling in love with someone to just go up to them and say, hey, love me. No, no, love me. I have feelings for you. You need to love me. Probably not a good strategy, right? There's other ways to do it. There's other ways. And God is not coming to us and grabbing us by the shirt and saying, love me. Here's what God is do- doing. Listen, listen. Here's what God did. He sent his son, and He, the son opened up his arms and, and bled on a real cross. And from the cross, listen, from the cross, from that Cursed tree, as the song says. He brought forgiveness to the world, and he poured out his love. And so the Bible says that you and I can love God, listen, because he first loved us. And so God is not saying, love me, I'm forcing you to do it. No, no. God's saying, I gave my son, he bled real blood, it was a sacrifice for all time, and because of what he has done, you can love me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The, the next in is this, and I know those are the two, two of the same words, but your love, listen to this. I want you to think about this. Your love is the only thing you can give God that nobody else in the universe can give him. I'm going to say that again. Your love is the only thing that you can give God that nobody else in the universe can give him t cannot give my love to god she can only give her love to god brother david mcknight can only he's the only one who has the power and ability to give his heart mind and soul to god i can't do it for him he can't do it for me are you with me and so god says with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul because the person next to you as great as they may be your parents as awesome and as godly as they may be they cannot give their love your love to God, only I can give my love. You know, my daddy was uh, was a pastor, and, and he shared the scriptures with me early on, but, and he would try to encourage me. He would try to show me the way, but he could not, as much as he would have wanted to, he could not force my little heart when I was a little guy, force me to love God. He had to try to encourage me and show me the goodness of God. And when I realized that God was a good God and he had done something for me, Something started happening in my heart, and I started falling in love with God, and so I willingly gave that to him. Amen? But your love is the only thing you can give God that nobody else in the universe can give him. So if you don't give him your love, he will never have it because it's yours to give. Uh, Just a quick other thought. I want to talk about this for a moment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. Did you know that God created you the way that you are on purpose? Uh, You know, whatever your personality is, whatever your experiences have been, whatever your gifting is, God created your heart, your soul, and your mind. So God doesn't say, just love me in kind of this bland philosophical way. No, it's your heart, your soul, and your mind. So whatever touches your heart, be very careful with what you allow to touch your heart. Because God says it's, it's your heart that I want. It's your soul and your mind. I spoke to the teenagers this week about uh, the things that affect our minds. God wants us to love him with all of our minds, the way that we think, our thoughts, that they be thoughts that honor God. And sometimes our brain is so full of junk that we cannot process loving God the way he's called us to. I talked to them about pornography. And I said, pornography is something that you take in and it literally starts affecting the way you think about people. People are made in the image of God, but when pornography or different things of that sort start taking over your mind and you're allowed to consume that, it actually changes the way you think. And I I showed them. I wish I would have had a picture of it here. I showed them there was brain scans done about a normal brain, a brain on heroin, on drugs addicted to heroin, and a brain addicted to pornography. And the brain physiologically changes and distorts. It's being destroyed by it. God says, no, no, don't give your life to porn. Don't give your life for drugs. Don't give your, your thoughts to all this other stuff. Your thoughts matter to God. So when he says, love me with all of your mind, your mind, what you think about matters to God. And I shared with them that there is hope and there is help. If somebody is in the house that struggles with whether it's porn and other things that are distorting the way you think or addictive behaviors, I told them that they need to reach out to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit every day wants to help us. Sometimes we're not free because we don't invite God into our everyday life. If every day we woke up and said, God, you have all the power. I need your resources to help me to break free of this addiction. God, I need all your resources to help me to deal with my anger issues. God, I need all of your resources. If we did that, the mercies of God are new every morning. The strength of God is available to us every, every morning. It's your heart, your mind, and your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here, Jesus cheats. He pulls a Maxwell. The one thing you need to know about leadership is that there's more than one thing you need to know. Well, Jesus says, okay, you want to know the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and, mind and soul. And then he says, and the second is like it. Wait a second, Jesus. I asked for one, you're giving me two. I asked for one, you're giving me how many? Two. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know that story? After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, there's an interesting story um, where Jesus appears to Peter. Peter and the other apostles, they happen to be fishing, right? And Jesus shows up on the shore, and a miracle happens. I won't be able to tell you the whole story, but they they literally meet with Jesus after his resurrection. Say, after. After. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I had seen somebody die and then resurrected, I would listen to what that person has to say. Amen. There's something different about that. My ears would, would be more attuned if I had just seen someone die and they're alive now. And here's what Jesus says to Peter. You probably remember this. He says, Peter, do you love me? I heard somebody talk about this. I thought it was fascinating. Peter would take on the mantle, would be like the point person of Christianity from this moment forward. Obviously, God would use all the apostles, but there was something about Peter that was important. And in that moment, in that resurrected moment, Jesus doesn't say to Peter, let's strategize. Let's think about how we're going oh, to take over the world. Let's think about how Christianity is going to spread. Let's think. No, no, no. He simply says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love you. He asks him three times, and after each time that Peter says, I love you, Jesus says something like this, then feed people. Take care of my sheep. Feed my lambs. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God, but the second one is like it because for Jesus, they're connected. There cannot be any love for God. I love God. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Right? There cannot be that if there's no love for the person next to you. If there's no love for your neighbor. If there's something doesn't happen in your heart for the people that are around you. It's it's easy for me. I, I love worshiping God and having times with God when I'm singing songs. And, I give you praise for you are my righteousness. Dun, 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 Don't bother me. Right? Or I go out in the street and something happens. There's always opportunities. Jesus says, "Hey, do you, Peter, do you love me? Then, if you do, then you're gonna feed my sheep, take care of people, take care of my lambs. Your love for God, here's the next villain, and your love for neighbor has eternal rewards. Your love for God and your love for neighbor has eternal rewards. There's nothing like it. The first and the second commandment: love God." And love people. Let's talk about next steps and we'll finish with this. The first one is this. I'm going to encourage you. Choose today to make God and neighbor your greatest priority. Choose today to make God and neighbor your greatest priority. And you might say, Pastor, I do do that. I love God and I love my neighbor. I'm good. Here's the way, the primary way that you can tell if your priority is God and people. It's time. Say time. How much time do you spend talking to, listening to God, getting acquainted with your love for God? And how much time do you spend blessing and serving people? How much time do I spend doing that? And there's times where I'm in my house and the Lord would just say, I want to spend time with you. And it's either I'm spending time with God or I'm going to watch the ball game. And I have to turn it off because if if I'm going to – if God is going to be my greatest priority, then I have to sacrifice something. Say sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his own body so that we could have life. And he calls us to love him and love people, but there's always a sacrifice to love. You can't get your way all the time. I I recognize this after marriage, after my first marriage and certainly uh, the second one. That still sounds strange to me, by the way. But anyway – Uh, And marriage, I recognize this, the world is not all about me. Who knew? (laughs) Other people matter too. And I can choose to get angry if things don't revolve around me, or I can choose to just love God and love my neighbor. Can I tell you something? I'm a better husband to Amy when I'm loving God well because he does something in my heart. He humbles me, and I can walk into my house and say, okay, I want to be a servant. I want to love my wife. You say, well, that's your wife. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? Some people say, yes, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to bless the people in the community. I'm going to go on mission trips, but in my house, I'm, I'm uh, an ogre. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We're t- the love of God must flow out of us. Choose today. Say today to make God and neighbor your greatest priority. Number two, allow God and his word to determine, I should say, to determine your identity. Allow God and His Word to determine your identity. One of the problems while we don't understand how to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul is because we don't know who we are. We turn on the TV and we say, well, we need to be like this person, or or we we follow some other person that we knew. We don't know who God's created us to be. And, and, And all I can say about this today, loved ones, is this. There is what I think about myself, and then there's what God declares about me. And if I'm able to get to from what I think about myself... I'm no good, or I, I've, t- I've shared this testimony before. I grew up always thinking I was inadequate. I always felt I was inadequate. My older brother was always better than me in, at me in sports. I always felt like other people were better at me in something. I just had this kind of low self-esteem complex thing. And so I would just come and say, okay, I just need you. And even in my relationship with God, it's like, God, I need you because I'm just kind of this, I'm not, not very good at anything. I'm, in, I'm inadequate. But God started speaking life to me. He says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. okay. Uh, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are more than a conqueror. God who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. And I started believing some of these things, and I started uh, embracing them for myself. And so there was what I thought about myself, what God declared about me, and eventually, little by little, God starting to pull me to this side, which is what I am who God says that I am. I am what the Word says that I am. But but, but, but you're insecure or you have these fears. Okay, I'm, anytime I struggle with that, I go back to this middle one. Okay, God, what do you say? Do not be afraid, Lewis. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, God, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Allow God and His Word to determine your identity. And finally, get connected to others that are after the same thing get connected to other people who are after the same thing you cannot do it by yourself i told the the kids this past week if you're trying to be free of porn and by the way you say pastor why did you talk about that all i will say is that a lot of people came up for prayer after that night okay a ton well why are they coming to prayer because this is real The enemy is after your heart, your mind, and your soul. He wants it like this. And God is saying, I've given my life so that you can be free, you can be whole. Your mind, your heart, your soul can be free. It's it's what we're after. And God is at the the enemy's after the young people in our generation. The enemies are after the young people in this community. And as Jacob said, Lord, we're not going to let you go until you bless me, until you bless this community. God, we're not going to let you go until you... Bring revival to this 14621 to 1 community in Jesus' name. So, so we have to get connected to others. And I told the kids as they're trying to be free of addictions, I said, listen, you are not going to get out of this by yourself. Nobody gets out of any addiction by themselves. Oh, but, and listen, I've had a lot of people who tell me, oh, I can do it. I can do it. And the second that I hear people say to me, I can do it, I know that they're not going to do it. <laughs> because if 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 i can do it means i'm strong in my own i usually it's not going to happen but when they tell me i got someone i got a, somebody that i'm being accountable to i'm praying with someone or i got a group that's with me we're going through this together that's what i'm talking about listen loving god and loving our neighbor is not a work that we're meant to do by ourselves in our houses b- alone it is a work that we can lock arms with each other love god and love people and do this thing together. Get connected to others that are after the same thing. Here at Heart and Soul, we pray that each one of you, and I'm praying this for me, that we'll become champions. Say champions. Champions for God. And a champion for God is someone who loves the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, loves their neighbor as themselves. is connecting with people on that journey. That's part of the journey of becoming a champion for God. I heard this uh, song that really impacted me, and I felt like, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ died and was resurrected. And uh, the the song is called Ain't No Grave, and it it starts singing about how no grave is going to hold our body down. Those of of us who have said yes to Jesus, uh, our body is going to be resurrected with the Lord. And people who have passed, I think of Pastor Joanne, my late wife, I think I'm so so thankful, even though we were at her gravesite this past week and we were honoring and celebrating her life, that that grave is not going to hold her. She is with the Father in heaven, and there will come a day where every one of us, dead and alive, will meet the Lord in the air, will be with Him forever. But there's a particular part in the song that just talks about what Jesus did for us. And I want you to listen to it. And I want you to rejoice with me. And afterwards, we're going to pray. If today you want to make any kind of decision or declaration for God, and I'm not talking about salvation. Well, I've already said the prayer. I, I, I know that. Is God the greatest priority in your life? How can I tell? Time. Is the cross the greatest priority for me? Is Jesus the greatest priority? It's time.